So today we have our friends, Dana Balicki and Leah Garza with us. Hi. And yeah, do you guys want to introduce yourselves at all? Like, how do we want to do this? Yeah, no? I that's a we'll, good idea. Oh. Well, I, I would love to hear <laughs> Dana and Leah introduce themselves. Well, yeah. should we say, we'll just say really quick. I mean, I guess we know them primarily because of living systems, but we've kind mm -hmm. of come to overlap in spaces and times and people and friendship and Instagram. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, let's have sure. them introduce themselves and then we can should we just, or Should we introduce each other? <laughs> oh, yeah, do that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so then everyone's getting my version of the the brilliant indomitable Leah. Wait, Leah, what's your? What, I forget. I feel like you've told me. What's your middle name? Can we tell everyone? I don't have one. You don't have one. Okay, I kind of thought that's what it was. Um. Uh. So let's see. I met Leah years ago on Instagram and at through your Akashic practice and. I, like many others, decided that we should be friends. And, <laughs> and I don't feel that way about a lot of people. So I was like, hmm, I should follow this. And uh, I came and got re a reading from you. And that was how I was introduced. Like, you know, that was primarily through your work. But I also saw through your, you know, through Instagram, um, your your work as a decolonial scholar and like how that meshed, you know, how you were bringing those two worlds together, which is like, you know, I think some of the most interesting world blending that we could be doing. So Leah Garza, world blender, <laughs> um, decolonial scholar, Akashic Records practitioner and teacher and guide. Um, I heard, what did you call yourself the other day? Uh, um, professional mystic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I had always called myself for like years. It was like a modern mystic. Same, same, <laughs> same thing, different name. Um, and, and I've had the pleasure of being your friends. And, <laughs> and also being a student of yours in Living Systems for two years and being a guest teacher, which is a really cool and weird, fun world blend for me. Um, so that, you know, that work, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, because that's how we've all kind of crisscrossed here is, is inside of the, the Living Systems. And now look at us being living system right here um but that beautiful work and that course that your own coursework that you do that everyone should come be a part of and mm -hmm. should really take over the world the end thank you thank you dana um <clears throat> i was just thinking about you yesterday dana because when we last saw each other we had breakfast and, and it was like what a couple weeks ago when we met at home state mm -hmm. and um I think at least this is what my memory holds that Dana was wearing a blazer with nothing underneath. And I remember just being like, you're so at ease with yourself, but like watching you like pushes my edge of my own safety in my body. Like with the way you're like, I, I desire to be that easy with my body 
And I, in my own imagination, I can't conjure that ease. But when I sit in front of you and you're like, no bra, titties out, almost, almost. Sorry <laughs> if you can't say the T word on here. <laughs> oh, you can say anything Definitely you want. Say anything. <laughs> but it just, it's like so, it's like, it's, it's such mentorship for me in my life to just be in front of you like that. And it's never an ask. So you like your, your presence is never like coercive and like that I should be more comfortable with myself, but it's always invitational and it's always um, safe. I'm going to start crying. I'm really raw. Thank you, Uranus and Taurus, whatever. But um, yeah, so I was thinking about that yesterday because I keep thinking about my clothes in my new apartment, in my new giant closet and how some of it, as I was putting them away, I was like, this is the old Leah's clothes. I need new clothes. And so I started thinking about you, Dana. And so that is like how I would start out. But we did make friends a long time ago and I was, I was wary of you, Dana, because I wondered what could this white woman speak to me about when it comes to like political things. And then everything is the answer to that. Everything. And with such like integrity and sturdiness and and I don't even want to chalk it up to like your real world experience, your career as an activist, because then that makes your credentials part of that social justice phenomenon. And you you bring like otherworldly wisdom to my life and that I am like so grateful that my dumbass agreed to meet you and like. I am just, yeah, I'm definitely crying now. <laughs> so thank you. I think we well, all might have a little uh, crying right now. I'm not like a little crying. I'm like ugly crying. <laughs> that was a crazy that was, introduction. That was the best introduction that's ever been done in my whole life. I think we can all just go home. Yeah. <laughs> should we, should we do short. Jonathan and Mary now? Oh, <laughs> I will just say that this is kind of how my wedding went. I were at, I'm at the altar, uh, or altar, whatever you know, with Ryan, and I like gave mine first, my my vows, and I was like, yeah, those were great, great vows, and then Ryan gave these vows and everyone's just bawling <laughs> and it's like oh boy how lucky am I to be alive right now with you all and to be so seen and loved oh geez I really did some good things thank you I could just yeah I feel so lucky too and I feel I mean, I could, yeah, I feel this way about each of you. It doesn't, it doesn't stop with Dana. So I feel very lucky. I'm just going to say, Mary, we can just make this quick, but Mary, you, <laughs> you resonate with me so much that I accept 
that I wanted to go on vacation with you to another country without even have ever having met you in person. And it worked out and it was a wonderful experience. And Jonathan, I think I told you this the last time we met that like, I do not see you as a student. You are truly a peer and you have been since day one. And even if you're just like learning things that you haven't learned yet from me, you are in no way like a novice in my head. And I have deep trust for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Leah. Mm. Yeah, um, you're just bringing it, serving the most delicious. It's every all day, every day since <laughs> I got in this apartment, dude. It's I don't know who lived here before me. Like the gnome vibes are yeah. also tender yeah. and vulnerable and caring. Yeah. yeah. yeah very, very snot inspiring. Very <laughs> <laughs> Fluid inspiring, which I think is maybe right Fluid. on brand for us. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I just, I want to, yeah, I'm so, I've been really looking forward. Like when I saw you guys starting this podcast, I was like, I hope one day they want to have me. And I, I just have been looking forward to this like so intensely and to just, I think, to just be in conversation with you both because that seems like the really like like the magic the magic available like being in proximity with you all and like with mm. you two this is where you guys are in my screen you two <laughs> together um and just the the way that i think about you both is really like I, I, I'll, I'll see where it fits in later because I'm feeling it well and just Mary and I have a, 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 a an extensive voice memo relationship and it's really one of the most delightful like goofy gross like and we've never met in person and I'm like who do I need to tell this to Mary so I know it is always like, why is the algorithm giving me this? I think I know who to send it to. <laughs> like, and that to me is like when when that when the algorithm is is like conspiring for us, I'm like, oh, I get it. I know that this is mm -hmm. this is real. Can I say something? Um it almost feels disrespectful to not bring in like my friendship with Mary here in this particular moment right now because I feel like what you've taught me about friendship Mary is that, is that friendship is about losing control it's about relinquishing but it's also about obliterating control and Leah knows this because we've talked a lot about this but I am like a control bitch TM like to the max like <laughs> to my butthole I am controlling and being with Mary has been about like I don't know coming into a different relationship with control coming into a different relationship with like what it even means to be two humans like being sharing space playing and yeah and i feel like this space feels so special because that energy is just like ten thousand times amplified 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say to all of this. Um, then say nothing, Mary. That's well, cool too. <laughs> I can't say nothing because actually what I want to say is how before we officially started, um, I feel like we all were coming in with this like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Blah. I'm just kind of like spinning in here, whatever. And now how quick was it that we all just started crying and that i don't know it feels very special that things can not only turn around so quickly but just like genuinely feel gratitude that quickly it's not just like oh i got distracted from the you know frustrations or like frenetic energy it's like oh i have dropped into gratitude but i could only do that because we did that together yeah we're like trees you know with like our roots and we're all well i feel like we were all kind of coming in here with like very different energies i mary texted me like five minutes before this and was like do you want to hop on a few minutes early i'm like i don't think i can do that i'm not ready and then um the mic whole the whole mic thing (laughs) and then (laughs) <laughs> and then Leah yeah. just kind of coming in with that beautiful introduction and we were all just like okay we're here yeah it's in. Yeah. I don't think there's time anymore like I know like I'm not trying to bring an urgency it's not urgency but like I don't think there is for me there's I don't know how, this isn't the right way to say it there's no time to waste with civility and politeness. Like it's like, especially as we're observing, um, you know, this absolute terror happening in Palestine and, and then like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the way, cause I'm in the United States. I'm watching the way that my, um, you know, United States community is responding and I see us employing those strategies of like civility and policing and mom mentality. When I say civility, I don't mean like, Oh, how civil and polite. I mean like the decorum of colonial culture that prevents us from being heartfelt in every moment. Mm. Even if that heartfeltness is anger to me, it's like, I just, I've met a few new people since I've been here on my own this past week. And every interaction is intense. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, it's me. I don't have desire whatsoever for small talk mm-hmm. in the least anymore. That's not the way I want to orient to people. Like, and I'm not saying like, oh God, get, you know, trigger warning for hanging out with Leah. But like, if I don't, I want to express that I love everyone I love all the time when I'm with them now. I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's time to waste. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I feel like that's, I don't know how to name all the feelings in my body right now, but one of them that you were just bringing up is um, I think about all the time of, you know, the, that conflation of like niceness and kindness and um and like niceness 
you know, used to be like such an insult, you know, when you called someone nice, you know, it was like, it was, you were calling them like a simpleton. Like they were not able to like hold the, hold the complexity. You know what I mean? Like Mm. it was a, it was a dig. And I think about that all the time around, um, politeness and civility, like how much I got called like rude and shrill back in the day as an activist. And it was just like, well, so what? Like, you know, this rudeness, this shrillness, whatever, which, you know, like men or male body people are really called shrill, but, um, you know, in the face of what's really happening and that like, it's, I feel like what you're talking, part of what you're saying or how it's resonating for me, Leah, is like the dissolving of like, the boundary or the noticing of the boundaries, right? Like yeah. between like reality, like what's really happening and like how we're willing to relate to it. Mm. And are we willing to like kind of hold up like a veneer of like, well, it's fine and it's okay over here. And it's like, well, what if it's not okay? And and then what if I'm also like okay in my own world? Or like how is that reflecting back into me? And how am I actually like not suppressing myself? in order to like be in the process of being alive when it's happening. Right. Or, and that, I think that civility or lack, you know, like the, I, I have felt since the beginning, since October 7th and this, um, just terror raining down on Gaza by the Israeli government of, um, and everything that's happened, that watching people like become cops, you know, like everybody policing everybody's emotions and responses and trying Mm. to process. And like, we're all doing it in public and we're all Mm -hmm. doing it together. And the like, you know, repulsion that happens and the judgment that happens and like, you know, I I mean, I think like this conversation, I don't know where we're going to go, but like, you know, we, we were talking about like, you know, how we might talk about like disgust and different things and like the moral disgust, right? Like the, the, like the, the divide happening or the like, yeah. I don't know exactly how to say it, but I think what you're saying, Leah, like the willingness to just like love all your people all the time and to maybe like allow the intensity to just be there. Yeah. Yeah. Down, not try to like package it in a way. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to do when my tits are out sometimes or other things, but that might be one of them. Right. (laughs) Where it's just like, (laughs) here I am being alive. Right. Like, yeah, not that interested in like filtering or putting putting things away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting thought about, uh, using the tits out as a reminder of our connectedness because I think there is something like especially with you know purity culture and it's like you're asking for it with what you're wearing or whatever that like you know we need to make somebody be palatable or make somebody be you know considerate or appropriate or any of that and it's so funny that you both talking about um politeness because Jonathan and I were in a conversation about this earlier and how yeah, like when I need to be palatable and how I need to do these things. And like, yeah, I think 
what comes up for me and all of this too is like with all three of you I don't feel like I that's not a thing that's like a filter I need to turn on with any yeah. of you three mm-hmm. yeah and okay. so that we can like have those conversations and not yeah. begin it by being like let me prove that I'm a good person let me prove yeah. that wow. I'm appropriate enough for you for me to like even try to go there or in the case of all this stuff with like gaza is like let me tell you that first of course i condone the terrible people you know it's like how about let's Mm -hmm. just not do all of the um the ways that you have to like make yourself acceptable Mm -hmm. first yeah Yeah. i had that (laughs) save a lot of time exactly i had that reaction mary because i feel like I just feel the exhaustion of that in my body, you know, like just so fucking exhausted trying to monitor myself and everybody else. And like, what a fucking waste of energy. If we really think about it, if what we're here for is mobilizing for liberation, what a fucking waste of energy. And it's like, how many fucking lifetimes do we need trying to control ourselves, trying to be appear nice, trying to make sure that you don't think I'm a threat. Like how many more fucking lifetimes do I need to do of that bullshit? You know? Yeah. And it's like, I think this this whole topic that we were bringing into the space around disgust and like how disgust exists in the same ocean as like love and adoration is so much at the core of this you know because because i feel like you can't get to that level of true friendship true knowing true intimacy without also experiencing that disgust but like the experience of disgust is not the same as the reality of that which is disgusting right i don't even know what is disgusting anymore but i feel like that's it's all like part of the same deal you know yeah And like how much we get taught what's disgusting. Like, yes, there are things that our body reacts to to keep us Mm. safe because you're like, Mm. oh, this is disgusting. Don't eat it. But Mm. it's like, oh, that's disgusting. Don't be near that person because if I'm near that person, I'll be disgusting or I will then be associated with this. Yes, yes. The projection of disgust will like rub off on me. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Leah. It's historical. Um, Like disgust as like a biological response. Like, oh, the milk is spoiled. What? disgusting Mm. um is like a an evolutionary adaptation but disgust when it's applied to a human is rooted in like the the creation of race science and anthropology and it's very and it is what um it's at the root of what we now understand as our medical model in the west um so it's not we're not just like using right now there's actual historical lineages for what we're talking about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that it's funny because i'm having another and what you were saying leah in that introduction and yes it kind of was a blazer with nothing underneath (laughs) That was not not what was happening, (laughs) but um, I'm having another friendship, like a dear friendship in my life who just gave me a very similar reflection just a couple of days ago and about 
how I am in my body and how I talk about and use my body and move my body and what I wear and how I do things and how it affected them. And cause you've never told me that before, um, what you said. And, and it's, I think about, I don't know if I've ever said this in this way, but like how I have used always like been interested and intrigued like as much by disgust as I have been by like empathy right like for me it's a connection it's a mode of connection um for me it's a way you know how we were just talking about like oh oh, milk spoiled like that's how you get away like I use it in the opposite way like if I can and I, I think it's maybe a little bit less conscious with my body, but I'm understanding right now how it applies. Like if I can like be the most like version of myself, right. And like, yeah. just talk about like the humanness and be in my humanness and like, and there are people that respond. That's how I know that they're my people. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like how I filter. It's like, I don't know, but it's like, if I, if yeah. it's like, if they like, look at me and they go like, Ugh, and then they stay, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, good. yes, here we are. Yes. Like how, it's like reverse filtration process. It's how I know that I can be human with someone else. And that's all I want. I don't want mm. anything else. Like I literally have a t-shirt that says, um, fuck small talk and, and it's not that I can't do it or I don't want it like I'm quite good at it I can be quite charming and gracious yeah. when I when I wish to be um and like yeah I'm but I I'm interested in disgust as a mode of connection that to me feels as powerful and interesting as like deep empathy like mm. I I understand them mm. as not as the same thing but as like similar tools i don't know if mm-hmm. tools is the right word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've recently it's- been using my rage as that filtration tool mm. i let people i don't always say it but i let the energy of it run in the space that i'm in with people and i see if they run away and if they run away i'm like good riddance <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say I- leah one, I can't imagine you being rageful. So I would love to see I was that. actually totally just trying that on too. I'm like, okay, I'm imagining this. I'm imagining. Yeah. Can you just invite us into a room at some point so we can all witness yeah. the full glory? Mm-hmm. Just put Zoom on your phone and put it in your pocket <laughs> and then just film what's happening POV <laughs> dash cam style <laughs> or like best, the, you know. Um, I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what I was going to say. It's gone. I have a question for the group, I suppose. Um, Where do you see then pleasure coming into this conversation with the disgust where it's like, Mm. there's like intrigue, you know, with like, ooh, that's disgusting. I want to look away, but I also want to keep looking. But then like at what point it becomes like, oh, I'm kind of, I kind of like this or like, I don't, yeah. Mm thoughts mm-hmm. well I mean there's there's healthy disgust and like how it like bonds or how we can develop healthy disgust and how it like bonds I don't know there's some like neuroscience business in the like 
some sort of ganglia bit in the brain. I don't remember what it is. So don't quote me here, <laughs> but that how it bonds with like your healthy sexuality. Right. And like studies that are done around, like, like not necessarily on the automatic responses, but that, you know, like in sexual arousal can like make space for us to be more willing to explore like our disgust, you know, bias or whatever it is. Like, you know, it's like that. So like there's, there's, there's the, the mesh there. I mean, this is why like, I think there are millions of John Waters fans in the world, you know, or whatever else. It's like, there are people out there who are willing to like play with these, the, the bonds and the, like the lines between them, certainly in kink community, um, which maybe Leah could talk to us more. <laughs> um, but I just very <laughs> it's just like funny because I feel like all of us could turn these any of this into weapons and yet it's all just let me give you this gracious gift of an opportunity in not divulging or maybe divulging all of the things when you don't have shame nothing about you can be weaponized against you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally nothing you could say to me about me that would make me feel bad. Yeah. I gave up embarrassment a long long time. Oh, I get embarrassed. I'll get (laughs) embarrassed, but I won't feel like deep shame. Like I'm a bad person about it. Mm. Oh yeah. No, No, I like to get embarrassed now. Cause then I'm like, Oh, look at Leah. She's so comfortable with herself. Oh. Oh yeah. I mean, like if I feel it like pot rise up in me, I'll be like, oh my God, hello. It's really been a minute. I'm like, yeah. Ooh. yeah. So what are the things that embarrass you then? If all of this is like, I don't know, nothing's really off the table, but then what are the things that embarrass you? Oh man. Yeah. I never know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely like a few months ago, like surprise pooped my pants and that was like a little embarrassing but no one it's it's fine when I plan it but when it's a surprise that's just (laughs) (laughs) it was a it was a real surprise instantaneous anyway um I mean you know no one saw it and and it didn't happen that way but like I definitely like thought of someone having saw it like that was that that did get a little that was cringy that was a little cringy for sure I don't know I totally yeah the thought of someone seeing it I have this metaphor in therapy that I use all the time to try to express to my therapist how I'm feeling and it's the the feeling of walking out of the bathroom with either my skirt tucked into my my tights or toilet paper hanging out of the back of my underwear and I didn't even know but everyone else can see it, but I can't see it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, like, I can feel like my back curl up in like embarrassment. And it's, so I guess, I don't know what the scenario, what scenarios play this out, but like the feeling of people, not people seeing something about me that I haven't seen or know about. And that is embarrassing. Um, so if we're going to talk about being a control freak, that's like, I want to know, I want every angle on me all the time. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to tell me about myself. Um, even when it's nice stuff, I'm like embarrassed. Um, but then because I don't, and it is because of my Akashic work and my Akashic perspective, 
it doesn't turn into shame. It doesn't like root down into like, oh, you're inherently bad, Leah. It it like it it's like embarrassment, and it's like, oh, look at the the folly of being a human, and like the softness and like the tenderness of like being a human being, and look at the be- being human, Leah is that way, and how funny and silly, and so embarrassment is fleeting. And I had this like. I wrote this in an Akashic reading that I had opened my records like last year and I was just writing what I was getting. And I wrote down, like, I want to be humiliated, which I think previously in my life, I would live to never be humiliated. Like that was like my main directive. Like if you humiliate me, you are done from my life. Like if, yeah. And, and this, this, like, I don't know when I wrote it, I read it back and I was like, it's not that I want, it's not like I, because of my shame, I enjoy humiliation in like a kink way and degradation. It's like, I want to be humiliated because I want to like experience myself as just one of the guys, as just another person. Just like, it happens to all of us. Like, you're like, you're no, I think because I'm like letting go of this, this trauma of being the caretaker, which is like, you have to know better than everyone around you so that you can meet everyone's needs. Mm -hmm. And if you're humiliated, that means that you were caught not knowing everything about everyone. And so like, I want to be humiliated. Isn't that I actually want to do it, but it's like, I want that experience of like surviving vulnerability, I think. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. making me think, Leah, of what you were saying earlier about how disgust is also connected to the ontological design of our reality, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. what you were just saying makes me so, at least in my body, so keenly aware of how humility is not something that we actually understand within the American culture. Like, I don't think we have a concept of what humility even is. It's really fascinating because that was one of the first things. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because exactly. it's like most of the time yeah like when you think of somebody being like be humble it's like really a way of saying like don't it's be a control proud mechanism. like yeah, yeah it's like another way of like putting somebody in their place instead right. of being like hey you know your toilet paper is sticking out and you're like oh my gosh wow ooh, i'm glad somebody told me it's mm. like wow yeah. look at that idiot and then yeah. like everybody just keeps watching it and nobody tells you that you have yeah. broccoli in your teeth or whatever yeah I, yeah i just looked it up and it says a modest or low view of one's own importance <gasps> oh see this is fascinating this is- go ahead mary well i was going to say okay i started reading the book um by James something I can't think of his last name he does the Ojibwe word of the day and the book the book is like seven grand seven grandfather teachings and the seven generations or vice versa yeah and and he talks about humility or like to think lowly of oneself is that it's like about like remembering that you're always in relationship and so it's not like oh I'm so low I'm so shitty it's like oh, I, as a human, am not above anything in creation. And, like, all everything is my relative. Right. And, like, he, there was this other part of it where he was talking about um, courage. And, like, in that culture, it's, like, courage isn't just, like, oh, I'm so brave. I've, like, done this strong, brave, courageous thing. Like, you think of it as, like, valor or something. 
And it was more like, oh, I have heart to like take somebody who was my enemy and yeah. have the like ability to no longer consider them my enemy and to love them as my yeah. relative. Mm. I, and, it's interesting that it said one's own importance because I understand what you're saying is like you bring yourself down to a horizontal relationship with others but that doesn't diminish anyone's importance. So it's like mm -hmm. interesting that that definition said that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like interesting. A hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah like yeah. implied, if ontological. you're this, then it must mean that like the opposite too. Yeah. Right. It's an ontological. Inferiority, inferiority is yeah. assumed inside of that dominance yeah. is assumed inside of that. And I do think that there's like that connection to disgust where it's like, in like moral disgust where it's like, you know, that has to do with the, like, with, like, degradation and, like, yeah. you know, and, and like, projected, like, de-dignifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is where I feel like, like, a good example of what's happening here on a mechanistic level to me has to do with, like, for example, looking at ancient Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. where the indigenous way of relating is more embodied within Taoist beliefs that believes that humility is about, as you said, Mary, it's about right-sizing our relationship with the rest of creation and not believing in the mythology of our specialness. Mm -hmm. But when you see the progression, for example, in ancient China to then Confucianism, which is a much newer way of thinking, and one that has been weaponized to um, perpetuate su supremacy culture, then that concept of humility is imported into thinking that we need to be humble as a social weapon. Like fake humility is actually about like, let me show you how virtuous I am yeah. by being humble, right? Yeah. By like yeah. intentionally putting myself closer to the ground when maybe that's actually not what's appropriate here. But it becomes like a social control mechanism. That's and it's politeness. politeness shows up too. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that same thing of like, let me be palatable. And in this case, let me prove to you how good I am at being shitty. Yeah. Like I am the shittiest. No, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, yeah. I was just going to say just like such a like a thread of like that puritanical model of just like self consistent self-flagellation. And it's like, I don't know, like is is connection available at that level? I mean, not that, I don't know. I, I'm, the way that I understand, like, or I guess maybe the way that I'm interested in connecting with others, I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to understand that that would be available there, but it makes it, but it makes me understand why different forms of connections, like belonging to a group in a certain kind of way, like, you know, a, 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 like, that that would be available versus like, you know, how we just sat here, you know, at the beginning and, and, you know, poured just so easily like flowed love to each other, you know, really unadulterated. So I just, 
yeah, I just, I'm, 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 I'm understanding like why that, why that is and why those, and like maybe why the four of us have found each other and why we're like, oh yeah, this is the kind of connection that we're interested in. This is how we do it. And these are Mm -hmm. the ways that we like filter. And these are the ways that we like hold that space so that these are the connections that we're building. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get it, like these types of friendships, it's it makes the fuck small talk shirt even more like, oh, I thought that before because I just wanted to like talk about interesting things or whatever. And now I'm like, no, I just really want to like get to the heart of a friendship and yeah. not be I mean, it's fine to talk about those mundane things. That's also kind of like Leah when you said the um oh, this, this like cute little thing happened. Like, oh, I'm a human. Oh, adorable. I'm having this experience. <laughs> it's like, sometimes I need that. Like when I've been in these intense, like, yeah. so yeah. like, like spiritual in a friendship yeah. that you're like, oh, actually it's kind of good to just like go have a margarita and eat some guac, you know? I think the best way to do it together. When you do it all together. <laughs> I was just thinking about breakfast the other day and it was like we were really like we really ran the gamut of like conversation and like where we were going, like what we were talking about and and deep and there were definitely tears and also tacos. And I was like, yeah, this is Yeah. Yeah, it can't be like heavy all the time. I'm I can't do that but I mean I think that's like why you know like like comedy is such an outlet for intensity and 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 intimacy and being able to express those things like it's yeah it's I've I've like the only way I've been able to process super intense things is through making jokes about it and it isn't to diminish the importance of those things in my life but it's like that is literally the only way I can touch that thing. Lightness is a power for sure. Yeah. And like look at where look at where comedy is now. Like, you know, like everyone is doing like very it's like vulnerability is like you don't get on a stage now unless you are willing to be like deeply vulnerable about your own life. I mean, yeah. I really I saw this happen like this was like 15 years ago and my dear friend Kibibi Dylan who passed a decade ago but she was a comedian and she was the first person I ever heard talk about like wanting to lead like with like the, some of her deepest darkest stories and like bring people into the laughter of it and she was like mm-hmm. I want the laughter and the crying like I want all of it and I had never heard that before and even though she didn't make it big though I'm convinced she would be like the most like the world's most like recognized comedian if she were still alive um but I think she like did her job and and started opening people up to that and I'm and now I'm like oh man she called it she knew it she saw it Mm. you know and I'm I don't know I feel really proud of us as humans for getting here and and you know watching people like not just like be, you know, like vulnerable, vulnerability, without boundaries, whatever is like just TMI business, but I'm really proud of us humans, like for how we're processing, how we're holding 
like what it is to be alive right now, which seems very, very intense all the time. And there is no sign of it getting any less intense. Like every minute I'm like, oh, I'm getting older every minute. Everything's getting like more intense and we are never going back as far as I can tell. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, I think we'll shift and change and I don't think it just means we're on like one big, like, you know, dropout, but I just, as much pain as I, I feel and am, you know, witnessing and we're all witnessing. I also, I feel consistently that like paradox of being very heartened and really like proud Mm. is like the feeling I have a lot of just like, God, look at us, look at us doing this. And like, this is all so awkward and gross and scary and painful. And look at what we're, look how we're, look how we're doing it. Even, you know, even watching people turn in, like I said earlier, like turn into like a bunch of cops around, like, this is how you need to talk about Gaza. And this is how, like, I'm also like, oh man, look at us. We're doing this. We're figuring this out. It's so messy. I don't know. I just have this like perpetual, like inner, like burn of pride for us just like committing and doing it and showing up over and over. Yeah. I feel like there's another word for it, but that's, those are, that's the best one I can come up with right now. <laughs> Maybe it's just love. I don't know. <laughs> it could just be that. There was a moment ago where you said vulnerability that really caught something within me. Dana, and I'm, I don't know, I just want to offer it to the group. I'm really curious about what that word means to you and your relationship with that idea. It's mm, a great question. I just wrote down, I don't know who said it. I think, Leah, did you say it's surviving vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Someone said it. Yeah, I said that. I really, I really liked that. Um, Well, I think that, you know, what I said was uh, the vulnerability without boundaries is TMI. And like, I think, I think that's like a Brene Brownism or something like somewhere I picked that up that I was like, that was really, it was really helpful for me like years and years ago um, as, you know, a a tits out kind of gal. And now you have a little more context for that, but like, you know, just Like I didn't, I I think what I was always trying to get to in my life was like a level of, and and probably and still am like of vulnerability that is generative, emergent. Like it, it allows for something to keep becoming myself and others, mm-hmm. and like that's I think I didn't. I, I was trying to get there, but I think I was just doing it through TMI as a really long experiment, (laughs) like trying to find my way. And it just took my own deep, like inner work to like finally understand, you know, like where the TMI, you know, was and like where my inner judge showed up and how they like worked out together and like how that wasn't really like 
that healthy for me. Right. It was just me. It was like the experiment until I like kind of found my, my rhythm. Right. It was like the up and down my whole life. And I think it was a way that I filtered people, people out, but I don't know if they, those were all people I needed to filter out. I think they were just yeah. me, you know, <clears throat> trying to find a way of connection and that felt authentic and interesting to me and that like brought people to me or brought mm-hmm. me into spaces that I wanted to be in and that felt like they would hold me and I would hold them and you know like like deeply loving mm-hmm. and and curious and expansive in a lot of ways or or could hold in the contraction so anyway maybe that's all just like now a little bit of a word salad but I think I think I'd I'm still in that experiment and I don't know what's next because if it's like, oh, if there was TMI for so long and then I feel like I've like, you know, maybe hit some place of like, oh, okay, this is what vulnerability is. And I've been, I feel like I've been really in it the past couple of years deeply. And then in my own relationships and even in my friend relationships have gotten so juicy and like what I've always wanted and imagined for myself. And then that makes me feel excited for like, well, then I don't know if I just ride this wave to the end. Like there's maybe another, another part of this that I can't even see from here, you know? Mm. So I don't know. It feels like an evolutionary thing for me personally. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that keeps changing. Mm I feel like I really keep landing with these like <laughs> conversation enders here today. <laughs> conversation enders or thought inducers. Mm-hmm. We're like picking apart the word salad and trying to make a meal. Well, one thing I'm thinking about, which we didn't really go into Dana and Leah's uh, astrology at all. But we can, if you guys want to tell us your big three, we could talk about that slightly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't feel weird about astrology. Like, I know some like, don't ever show your chart. No, like, I just put it in my Instagram stories once. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Oh, really? People say that? Don't show your... Yeah. People are like, you shouldn't. Like, Why? What are you going to exploit my... Jupiter, Chiron, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm Probably, just making that up. Yeah, I don't actually, even know what that is. If it were any of that, it would Jonathan and I know very well. It is the Jupiter and Chiron <laughs> in Cancer. Um, well, because Leah is a Taurus rising and a Taurus moon like I am, but an Aries sun. Dana, you're a Libra ri- sun? Libra sun, Scorpio rising. Scorpio bird. rising. Right. Oh. What was your moon? Virgo. Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I like thinking about this Scorpio Taurus thing that we have going because that's my favorite. Um, but to go back to uh the vulnerability thing, like I think as somebody who has Scorpio in the seventh house, which is just like simply uh one-on-one relationships, partnerships, like who you are with other people, like For me, when I think about what I've been learning in this lifetime with relationships, it's like the ways that I have often like 
avoided talking about myself by like, oh, if I just ask this person all of these things about them, then we'll never have to talk about me and I'll never have to be exposed and they'll never know anything about me. I am a mystery. Mm. And if you know anything, it's only because I felt like practically giving you some information, but it has nothing to do with like really being vulnerable. I will only do it because it serves a purpose, you know? Having a podcast must be a real <laughs> challenge for you then. <laughs> Not with Jonathan. I can do anything with Jonathan. <laughs> like the desire to be a mystery is like, I can't even wrap my mind around that desire at all. Like I have, I feel like well, I have. I have no, I have none of, no, it's really, it's like a really cool noodle twister for me. <laughs> I literally can feel something inside of me happening. Cause I'm like, wow. A noodle, I hope. Wait, you, you're saying that you, you want to be like, just, yeah, tits yeah. out. Like everyone see me, Dana. That's like what you're saying. I think. <laughs> yeah, like, that is the name of this episode. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense desire to be known it's not it, mm. is it sometimes it's felt like in my life it's felt like desire to be understood or seen or seen I mean I think I just get to it in a lot of different ways yeah. but, well, but I mean, like to be experienced like to be yeah. interacted like I I want I, I want to get as into the things yeah as yeah, yeah. As we get this just reminds me though only child versus one of 11 do not yeah it's just like maybe I would feel differently if I were an only child but all I know is like please don't notice me Mm. I'll just be over here not being Mm. a problem Mm. yeah 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 Yeah. I I, where are you in the family where are you in the family order Leah me i'm yeah. just the oldest of one other just also, me and my sister i'm also the oldest of yeah. another sister yeah this, yeah this is fascinating i don't i feel the opposite in fact i was as you said that dana i was thinking about um the first when i first started my crystals of altamira yeah when i first started crystals of altamira i was doing a lot of vendor markets because i was like a jewelry line and which is so funny to think about that now. I mean, it makes sense in my head, but it's weird to think about that for people that are just meeting me. But I intentionally made a business card that just said crystals of Altamira and then my Instagram handle and said nothing else. And what I hoped was that people would take one and then like drop it on the ground and then somebody would find it and be like, what is this? And like, it would be so mysterious and like they would look me up like I wanted that I was like I'm not gonna tell them what I do I'm not gonna tell them how to reach me I'm just gonna like you're just gonna get this like you know <laughs> eyes wide shut mystery word to get into the sex party like <laughs> like little card and I do that though. like I totally get that like that's that's yeah <laughs> That's why I I feel that so the opposite that like my main desire is to blend in. Like I just had this conversation with somebody. Oh, there's a helicopter right above my house. Um, about how I would never get a vanity plate because I want the most getaway car car you could have. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be 
undetectable. I want to like, I just, but because what it feels like is that I literally can't be undetectable. I'm in a big body. I'm like a loud person. I say just things that are just in my head, just these simple things, but they end up ruffling so many feathers. Like my desire is to be a basic bitch, like just know what like just the most basic Starbucks order just the most basic like you know medium cooked burger just like undetectable <laughs> because like like on accident I will be revealed mm. yeah that's what it feels I love like. that we are so completely <laughs> opposite in this way yeah. but and complimentary I don't ever feel like there's yeah. attention no that's what I mean like yeah I, I well mean, and and Dana, it's like you were saying about like wanting the full experience. It's like you couldn't actually have the full experience if you didn't have this spectrum of like, at least within, let's just imagine this continuum of the merging of Leah and Dana. It's like there's this uh, full experience also means to be undetectable. And mm. so like how interesting that to experience that you have to invite that energy in some other way mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but i love mm -hmm. that i i love that i've invited it in in the like portal through the portal of leah right like through your existence <laughs> through the Continuum. That's, that's how i really should have done the yeah. intro <laughs> emphasis on the holes for sure <laughs> jonathan um, what do you think I, I'm 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 really distracted by the fact that when you mentioned the the helicopter above your house, Leah, there's also a helicopter above mine. Oh, really? And it almost feels like too late to say it now, but I'm really distracted by that. There's literally one, and then you said it. Um, here's what I think. I think that it's bound. But both of you are bound by this desire to be known, and it's like sometimes we are known through our uniqueness but sometimes we are known through our relatability and it's like there's this intense desire to be known through both you know and I think for yeah. me personally my own desire to be known have always been intermingling with also the the heartbreak of knowing that I will never fully be known by another person or even by myself within this lifetime you know, and it's almost mm -hmm. like I oscillate between this really intense. Almost like survival mechanism of like, I need to put myself out there to be known. Mm -hmm. And this like, why, why do I even bother? Because it's, mm -hmm. this is like a, a fool's errand, you know, and I think the the middle ground that I have been playing with which is not like this kind of narrow alley, but kind of feels like a wide corridor, is where is my vulnerability actually inter intersecting with emotional avail availability? Mm. And what am I actually emotionally available for, like in my life at this moment? Because for me, like the, the middle ground here is like playing with vision and there's something about like when I am in service to this larger vision, like if I have a clear idea, clear felt sense of like, this is the vision of what I'm bringing into this world, then however I am known, however I am seen, whether as the 
normal person or as this unique person doesn't really matter that much because I trust that people's interaction with their perception of me is doing something to them. It's serving the vision in some sort of way, but it almost feels to me like for me personally, the middle ground is like finding myself as the vessel, you know, because otherwise it's too nebulous. And it's like, I can be a musician. I can be a hella toxic, like spiritual guru. I can just be like a corporate person. Like it, I, I don't know where to put myself on the map because I feel like I am blessed and cursed with a certain level of flexibility of being. And it's like, who, who knows, you know, I was, I may have told you this about um, myself, Mary, but I, what really kind of launched me into this exploration and even just getting curious about my astrology birth chart was like coming to a point in my life, realizing I had been running this movie that is essentially all the dreams that my parents never achieved in their lifetime. Like I was just kind of this vessel of like, fulfilling those ancestral desires and then i'm like okay hold up <laughs> we need to we need to get some structure around here because this yeah. is not a sustainable way of being yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. that's what's coming up for me mm. Mm -hmm. that's so interesting the the part about heartbreak of not being seen or known is that's i don't relate to that at all i'm like please don't know me like everyone <laughs> <laughs> like please don't it's interesting too the more of it you know I don't know if you feel this Mary but like the three of us have like public like Jonathan me and Dana have like public personas and Mary I feel like you're getting one by proxy because now <laughs> like all the living systems people know you well this is the thing I also want to not be known but I have friends who are known so yeah, yeah. it's and such a family yeah yeah, yeah. It's such an interesting experience, though, to be seen by people who don't know you personally, and then to get mirrored to you the story that they have about who they think you are, mm -hmm. because of having seen you through this one dimensional thing of like social media, or even my students, some of them um, who've worked with me, still hold the story of what they think I am instead of just letting us be two people engaging. And that I don't feel the more that happens, the more like where people are holding a story of me that I'm like, that's not me. I'm like annoyed. I'm just like, just unfollow me. So I don't, I don't even, I don't want this, mm. but I would, I would say something that is that like, I guess I haven't named is that like for me, vulnerability is like if you are vulnerable then you will be harmed that's like this narrative of my life and so you know like I was like overtly taught as a kid by my dad to like man up to like toughen up like you don't fucking cry like being made fun of for crying um or like being made fun of for being scared like I remember when I was a kid we went to Disneyland and we were right. I was really little, like probably like four or five. And we were riding the Snow White ride. And it was really scary for me because there was like the witch. And I closed my eyes for the entire ride. And my dad was so mad that he made me ride it again. And he pinned my hands down so that I couldn't close my eyes. Like he insisted that I ride it again. So like being vulnerable 
to me is like tantamount to like getting destroyed. And so for me, like it's, 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 we could talk about kink if we want, but like, that's like a place kink is literally like a, a, a planned out place to play with vulnerability, to push the limits of like, what feels safe and what doesn't, at least for me, I know other people don't engage with it that way, but like it, 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 to me, it like vulnerability and the more I play with it, not even play with it, but like meet it is like truly the path of becoming more myself and getting to see what, what was inside this whole time that had to have walls around it so that I wouldn't get like harmed or taunted or bullied by my dad or like, you know, yeah it's interesting what you're saying about like playing with it or even just like experimenting because I feel like that's also been a thread through this conversation with like Dana as the oh I'm gonna filter these people out by these things and it's like how we sort of test the waters to be like are you gonna give me this thing back that I do expect and then if you don't what do I do with that and I don't know like the desire also and play feels like another interesting thing to go into. Mm-hmm. What feels resonant here for me is like thinking, I think, I think Leah, you, were, you said this like kind of at the top of like, it's not necessarily about urgency, but it's, it's about like, who's got the time, who's got the time mm-hmm. like to, yeah. to, to like do otherwise, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So like I, that's how I feel because I, I mean, I obviously like me and my like just uh, you know obsession with the entity in my life known as slow down medicine who whatever chose me and now we're doing this life thing together. Um, feels like I'm always thinking about urgency and noticing. Yeah. And, and, and trying to understand it and trying to like, you know, place it and feel it and, you know, and and experiment with it. But it's like this, all of what we're saying to me feels like these ways in which we're, you know, as we're all sort of going along here in our lives and, and in these experiments that it's like, yeah, because like, who's got time to do, to like, I don't know. Waste it though. I don't believe in wasting time. Time isn't even, I I wish we had a way to orient around this. That wasn't time based (laughs) because, because when I think about like, you know, I have tons of clients. I have a lot of students in the Akashic mentorship. I observe the way, you know, the relationship with Jordan and who he is, the relationship I have with my mom and who she is and how like, no one is doing anything wrong. Like everyone's process is exactly right. And for some people, like my mom is a good example. She will not, none of us will do this, but like I can see, oh, if you just shifted the way you thought about this thing, your life would probably be so much more comfortable. But for her, that shift absolutely will not happen until the pieces fall into place that make sense to her to make that shift, whether it's feeling safety or having faith that something else is possible or imagination or whatever it is. So it's like, it's not about time, but it's like about process or 
something like, Mm -hmm. and for me, I am just not interested in, in, in not getting to the heart of the matter with everyone and everything that I engage with now. And it doesn't mean I'm going to push, like I have had to learn not to push my mom past her sense of safety because then she shuts down, doesn't want to deal with me, calls me weird and whatever. But like, so I have to recognize like, oh, look at that charming part of my mom. She doesn't feel comfortable having this conversation because of her and her life and who she is. And I actually am charmed by that instead of like pissed that she can't meet me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Right. Love it. I found this one years ago. It's like, how do I love these people without fixing them? And yes. You know, like... But I, I am looking for the other swans in the world mm-hmm. that are ready to meet me where I'm at and have like heart of the matter. Right. But not all the people that are in your life are going to be swans. Right. No, like, no. Right? And so it's like, I, yeah. I can love a duck. I yeah. can love a duck. Mm. And it also seems like with the, um, with being charmed or like you were saying earlier, Lydia, about being like tickled by the embarrassment or something that we have, I guess, yeah, with the who has time, it's like who has energy or like when do I want to go spend all my energy? Like I remember Kathleen's energy worker, who's a good friend of mine now, but um telling me about like treating your energy as a precious resource and like how, you know, she was talking about Malcolm where I was like, look at him. Like, he's just so good at reserving his energy. Like, let's think about how can Mary reserve her energy in the ways that it's like, oh, if I let myself go down this way because I need to be polite, because I need to like help this person feel heard or seen or whatever. Like who has the time when all I could do is simply be like, oh, it's cute that my mom does this thing. I don't have to then go into all of the energy expenditure that I would have done or time, whatever that is, you know, to get into the whole conversation. It could just be like, okay, yeah. So I guess I'll go to Dana if I want to have that conversation. I want to go to Jonathan if I want to have that conversation. I don't need to like keep like butting up against this experiment or test that's not working right and i think this is fascinating mary because the word energetic orientation kept coming to me while both of you were talking and to me energetic orientation is very different than energetic management right because oftentimes we think about it in terms of like i'm going to reverse engineer this situation by setting my energy in this way but what i'm hearing from what both of you are saying is i'm gonna let me be me because when i'm me i actually have more access to the world and it's like what you said leah you let yourself be you but the more you let yourself be you the less you need your mom or whoever to be what you want them to be and you can just let them be them right and it's like it it to me it's like what you're saying mary is like this there's this magic that happens when when in my life I've let myself be me and completely not feel any expectation about how the other person should be. Yeah. Because I've just given myself the gift of like, I'm going to talk about this because this matters to me. And if you don't want to talk about it, that's that's you. And that's yeah. you too. 
And it's like Dana wearing the see-through clothes. It's like, you can receive this as a gift if you'd like, but I'm actually just here being myself and it has nothing to do with you. But even just in showing up, that's so, it's such a like demonstration to the rest of us who get to witness this person in their energy, who it's like, yeah, maybe we project these stories about what that is, but they're really just being them. And that's just okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really wild. And I I keep like, that's making me, I mean, I've been reflecting a lot since October 30th on everything that's happening. But one of those things that's happened is like having that, I made an Instagram post that made people upset. And a lot of the things that people were upset by were not actually about the post, but about like projections of me Mm -hmm. and stories that they were holding about me. And it was upsetting for them. And either I disappointed them or you know, I don't know, they thought that I would say something different than I said, I don't know. But it was a re- this is why I'm like, I'm like, this period is really transformational, October 30th to December, whatever ongoing, we are, whatever day it is. Because I didn't take it into my body. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, it has nothing to do with me. It's mm-hmm. not even it's, it's literally, it's not, it has literally nothing to do with me as a person. It's a my account is a business tool for sharing business things, but like, it's so blurry, like social media is so blurry that we think we're engaging with the actual person. And I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to meet that need anymore for people that I'm an actual person. It's just, it, it, yeah. So like conserving your energy or like, for me is looking like limiting the access that people can have to me. Like mm. I'm not even going to mm. listen to your comment. I don't, I don't, you're equally not a real person to me right now. That's really helpful for me in a way, in a way that I wasn't expecting. Cause I've heard you say this before. And yeah. I think for me, a place like as like the the way that I I mean it's it's twisty and layered but like the way that I engage with with social media has been like very intentionally like not I am in business yeah and I think but I think that's been a dance for me over the past few years because I think I was and then I was like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to be in business in this way yeah and and how I has transformed but like but just hearing you say like oh right this isn't about having to like prove my personhood to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah oh yeah that's really that's like a really helpful a really helpful I think reminder because I don't know if that's what I've been doing but I don't think it's not not yeah it's it's easy to blur the lines but like I, I was saying like my mom is not ready to change her beliefs I wouldn't have been ready to take on that approach like even a year ago. Mm. One bad comment would have like sent me into a depression, you know, like that. And that's what I'm saying. Uranus, Taurus, 20 degrees, whatever. Like I, so this isn't about time because time couldn't have sped up the process of me Mm -hmm. becoming the person that can like make that post and not be affected is about the process or it's about something else And that is what I was trying to say about like, I'm just not my, I'm at the point in my process where like our conversations are going to be heartfelt. 
if even if you're standing in line with me at the grocery store, like that's just where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not for everyone and not everyone's at their point in the process. They might not even get there um, in this lifetime and that's okay too. That's totally fine. This is like yeah. the whole other conversation about like flirting with the world. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love this conversation so much. Yeah. Me too. I don't want it to end, but um, I am mindful that we should probably wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We didn't yeah. even really talk about disgust. We did a little bit. I feel like it's all it's all wrapped up in there. Can we do this quarterly or something? Can we come back? (laughs) I feel like there is a column in our podcast. (laughs) I don't know if you would call it a column, like segment. Yeah. Where it's like the four of us and it's called Tits Out. Yes. I would love that. Yes. Love it. This we didn't know it, but this was the first edition of Tits Out. I love that. I love it so much. That'll be the gift that we use. <laughs> you be the what? The little like gift, gif, whatever. Oh, you know. Of tits shaking. <laughs> we really appreciate you both so much. This has just been such a treat. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you, you too. I know. You. I love you guys so much. I love you. It's such a serendipitous not even serendipitous like beautiful phenomenon that we cross paths and i'm so grateful so grateful yeah this feels like the supernova we didn't know we needed you know like that collision moment Mm -hmm. totally yeah i love that thank you any final words before we close i don't have any no so good it feels like um not like i'm looking for completeness but it feels like incomplete but i like that because it feels like there's going to be a sequel like it, I, I just feel sequel energy yeah. like we're, we're franchise you, know? <laughs> you can find our business card and we might put more than just our instagram handle yeah, yeah. Or you might just put like a picture of boobs or something. We yeah. can be yeah. see, and that website would get some traction. Find your way, <laughs> like too fast, too furious. But we can be tits fast, tits furious. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I like that we started so with funny. like. Like sweet emo tears and like adding that like we would so. But that's it. That's that's the thing is that like we have to go from being intense to being goofy. Like it's got to be all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I prefer nothing more. Yeah. Mm